my brother had become a franchise partner and he was saying he was just a little homesick and I thought oh, I'm going to go down and surprise him for a weekend and in three months we were packing our life up into a U-Haul and moving down to Oakland, California and 18 years later here we are. Welcome to Founder Stories, a show about ordinary people on a journey to build their own exceptional businesses. I'm Brian Scudamore, founder and CEO of O2E Brands. We're home to 1-800-GOT-JUNK, WOW One Day Painting, You Move Me, and Shack Shine. I started my business hauling junk as an 18-year-old paying his way through college. 30 years later, we're 250 franchises strong. I've learned a few lessons along the way, the most important one being that it's all about people. And I mean all about people. So I'm on a mission to uncover the founders' stories of some of our most inspiring people. From the decisions that lead them to take the leap, to the celebrations and lessons that follow. Sometimes the spark that starts an entrepreneurial fire is something as simple as a surprise trip to visit a homesick brother. This is Jocelyn's story. All right. So who have I got here? Well, hello, Brian. It's Jocelyn Derling. Uh, I am in the greater San Jose area down in California. I am a franchise partner with 1-800-GOT-JUNK. I am also a franchise partner with You Move Me. Awesome. Well, you and I have known each other for years. Our kids have hung out and we've, we've had Thanksgiving together. And so I know your story, but I want to connect others to what I think are some pretty amazing stories along your journey. You've been a part of the 1-800-GOT-JUNK and the You Move Me family for an awful long time, and it's been an amazing ride. But take me back to the beginning. How did you find out about 1-800-GOT-JUNK? My brother had become a franchise partner, and this was back in 2001, and he was uh, new to California. I was speaking with him on the phone one day, and he was saying he was just a little homesick, and you know, him and his girlfriend at the time, who is his wife now, had just moved down. They were brand new to the area. They didn't know anybody. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go down and surprise him for a weekend. And so I um, hopped on a plane, came down, and spent the weekend with him and his uh, wife, our girlfriend, Jamie. Fell in love with California. And I went back home and I said to my boyfriend, who is my husband now, I said, I want to move there. I said, I don't know how, but I, I want to move there. And so I started applying for jobs, and at the time I didn't really know much about what my brother was doing with 100 Got Junk. I kind of had an idea of what it was, but where I'm from, it's a smaller rural, a smaller city in, in more of a rural area of Canada, and the thought of hiring someone to haul our junk away was, was kind of crazy to me. I didn't see a lot of potential in it because I was, you know, surrounded by um, people who did everything themselves. Nobody would, you know, in my mind, it, it just, I didn't see it. and. Um, but as my brother and his girlfriend, a few months went on and they were having all kinds of successes with when I got chunk, it kind of started to pique my interest. And I thought, well, if that's how I can get down there, I'm going to start exploring a when I got chunk franchise. And so I did that and I talked to my boyfriend at the time and I said, let's do this. And he thought I was completely crazy. Why would we move? to a brand new city where we know nobody, leave our careers. We had just, we had had, you know, three or four years into our careers. Our friends, our family, where we know nobody to open up a company we know nothing about, in an industry we know nothing about. And um, 
I don't know, I just kept working on them. And in three months, we were packing our life up into a U-Haul and moving down to Oakland, California. And uh, 18 years later, here we are. That's amazing, because I know in, in getting to know you guys over the years, you now consider yourself like you're all your kids. You've got three kids. They're all Americans. They were all they born are. in the United States. And you and Jeff started your life in Canada. So it's fascinating how that change came about. I love the fact that you you started in 1-800-GOT-JUNK based on surprising your brother who was homesick. Yeah. How, yeah. It all started there. <laughs> when you kind of picture yourself somewhere, you just, you find a way to get there. And, you know, I don't think I ever imagined myself, um, you know, in the junk industry, I guess. Um, but I, I mean, it's, it's amazing how 18 years in this business, and I feel like I'm surrounded by family, you know, uh, so many of our friends are one who got, got junk franchise partners. Um, it really is an incredible story. I, you know, I can't imagine doing any Anything else and the opportunities that it's also you know given us as a result of it and yeah so you said you never would have seen yourself in the junk business which i get you, you came from saskatoon and i get it everybody there or a lot of people there have pickup trucks the junk removal thing just didn't make sense until you were in california but one yeah. of my favorite questions to ask people is what was your childhood dream what did you see yourself becoming one day when you grew up well, I think that's part of it is, you know, I came from a family of entrepreneurs and small business owners, both my grandparents and both my mom and dad were small business owners. And so it was very normal to me. And I always envisioned owning my own business um, growing up. I always thought that's where I would end up. That's, you know, I ended up going to college and getting my business degree. But I think ultimately knowing that I would own a business and work for myself one day. I didn't know what I was going to do. I wasn't super passionate about anything. Uh, so when this opportunity came up, um, I knew that, you know, and then especially once being in California, seeing the potential um, back then, you know, back at the, you know, it was 2001, you know, living in a, in a hustling and bustling city where people just don't have the time or the means. Um, they certainly didn't back then and they certainly don't now. And, and so there was this huge opportunity here. I think what makes me passionate about when I hear got junk in the junk business is what it does for our customers and ultimately that's what it's about we really are helping people and um, I think that's what you know keeps us going and, and keeps us happy and, and engaged now what people are you having the biggest impact on is it is it customers is it employees oh I think both you know we have given so many employees opportunities for growth in the company our general manager he started on the trucks eight years ago and he was very green on the trucks and he just worked his way up he was determined and he saw the opportunities he's now moving to portland to work for another franchise partner because he wants to buy a house in portland and so there's you know there's just it's always there's opportunities for everybody and as a result of him moving, we're moving other people up into more senior roles. And it's just, I, you know, and then absolutely we help our customers as well. You know, it's it, that never gets old. And I think customers are still always amazed at what we do for them. And it's a service that until you experience it, you really don't realize how much it does for you. If I remember correctly, Jeff was working for Coca-Cola, mm -hmm. secure job that he was going to be at for years. Where were you working before going to California? Yeah, I worked in the banking industry um, as well as kind of climbing the ladder there. And but ultimately, I, it, 
it was fine, but I, it's not, I knew it was not what I wanted to do. Whereas Jeff was quite happy in his career and he had just been offered a job with Coors Light Canada, which at the time for him was, was a dream job and, and he would have been traveling a little bit more. And But I think when I presented the idea of California to him, that it, you know it wasn't too difficult to convince him. Um, but we worked on the treks for two years, just him and I, and you know it was a whole different ball game and I mean it was just him and I and you have to figure that out learn how to communicate but yeah so what was that first that first year like take me back because I'm picturing you and Jeff working in the trucks you've recently quit the banking world steady corporate America or Canada this coca-cola slash cores world and there you are transplanted to a new country you don't know a lot of people other than your brother and his girlfriend. Yeah. And there you are out in the trucks going, what? What, what did you feel? Well, I have to say we lived and breathed when I got junk. We were there six days a week from sun up to sundown. And if we weren't, if we didn't have jobs, we were out putting up signs. We were marketing with our trucks. We were doing door hangers, anything we could to build up the brand. And at the time as well, we didn't have a huge marketing budget so it was really up to us to build the brand you figure things out pretty quickly and you learn to communicate because you know you're stuck in this truck with your your partner all day long <laughs> and uh, I was the navigator and he was the driver so you can imagine you know there's few arguments about directions and all that but you know we made it work and and I can't even imagine doing anything different now I mean and and you know we work together now and we have both said even recently that I we can't imagine our lives any different and not working together so that's powerful. It's awesome. I love it. Yeah. When you when you think back to those early days, I, I'm guessing because it happens to every single entrepreneur, there must have been what we call here at uh, O2E Brands the the WTF moments, the willing to fail, the the real kind of WTF what's going on type moments. When did you encounter your first big hurdle that you thought maybe you wouldn't actually overcome? Well, there's been a few. I think the worst one was just going through the recession, the Great Recession in, in 2008. Um, that was a big one. I mean, we, you know, lost traction for about three years. We, our, our revenue went down by 20, 30 percent year over year. And um, in 2012, we started to recover. But uh, you hunker down. You do what you need to do and you get through it and you learn from it you know you learn to be prepared next time i mean and i don't know if anybody was truly prepared for that time and for the it to last as long as it did the recession but um you know i, I have to say we came out of that stronger for it and you know better off and now we are prepared for whatever else comes our way and i mean you always have your daily struggles or your your little things but that that was the big one the the wtf and there was nights that we'd wake up in the middle of the night and uh, it was scary it's like okay we need to think about what is the worst case scenario we were we had three kids i had just had my third baby and we you know, i mean we were talking about okay what if we can't make this work what are our options you know we always had our careers to fall back on and I think that always helped right we always knew that we could but when you've been doing something so long it's it's scary to think about that when was a moment if you really think back hard what was a moment where you just thought maybe we are better giving up or three months in two years was there ever a point where you really questioned whether or not you'd made the right move not to California but 
to become part of 1-800-HELP-JUNK? Oh, I think the first year, year and a half, we questioned that probably every day because it, it was hard. It was uh, physically hard because, mm-hmm. I mean, poor Jeff had to take on the brunt of it because I wasn't quite as strong as he was, and but I got really strong. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think we questioned it for the first year and a half. In fact, I, it may have even been longer than that, you know, even for the first two years. Did we make the right decision? But, you know, I, honestly, we just, we didn't want to go back. We, we wanted to fight through it. And I think when you see other franchise partners around you that, that are successful, that are growing, you know it's there. The potential is there. Maybe we can't do it as quickly, but it's there. And um, we, it was when we moved to San Jose that I, I feel like that's when, because we moved from Oakland to San Jose, I think that's when we were like, things just started to turn around for us at then. And, and we started to see the growth and, and we started to gain some traction. And I guess, like you say, the flywheel started to go. And, you know, it's just been going ever since. And ultimately, I don't think either one of us was willing to give up. And we mm. just kind of fought through whatever we were faced with and made it work. Yeah, it's amazing. We talk at O2E Brands, as you know, about the four H's. Happy, hungry, hardworking, and hands-on. And one of the things I love about you and Jeff and uh, really admire about the way you do things is you do come from that Canadian grassroots, prairie, sort of hardworking work ethic. So, mm-hmm. you know, neither of you were afraid of hard work. You got very hands-on for the first two years in the business mm-hmm. and really said, listen, we need to understand this together before we're leading and building a team. Uh, I love that you guys always have a happy, cheery attitude and makes you so fun to hang out with. And, and then the hunger. I mean, as you're building a new family, like you guys had to make this work. Yeah. And clearly your stories of tenacity, you, you stuck through, which is, which is pretty cool. Give me give me a sense of where you guys are at today. Like, let's talk numbers of revenue, trucks. What does your business world look like? Yeah, so on, our, on the road to doubling our revenue um, in 2020, we are going to do close to 5 million in sales this year. And we've got, we just ordered our 15th truck. We've got three managers and a general manager who are all amazing. And I think that is a huge part of our success as well is is the team that we've got they're fully engaged they love the company they're committed and then we've got field team that is as well just as committed you know I mean you're always going to have those few bad apples but for the most part we've got one of our truck team members has been with us for almost 10 years and he loves this job you know in terms of growth we've grown 20 to 30 percent in the last every year in the last in the last eight years one of the things that as I look at this and I go, wow, you know, doubling your revenue, five million in revenue and growing, all the great success. You've got 15 trucks. The day was there not that long ago, really, when you and Jeff were working in the trucks together. What was the key to getting out of the trucks and scaling the business? How does somebody go from a truck to 15 and really make that move? Because some entrepreneurs are too hands on that they can't really get out of the trucks. Yeah, I think you just got to be able to let go a little bit. And I mean, I think for us too, I'm, I, you know, to be honest, I think I saw Tom Ripman in San Francisco or Bronick and Jamie in San Mateo. Like, you know, they were always a few steps ahead of us. So we were able to learn from them. Okay, when, what is the timing on everything? Okay, it's time. And, and honestly, you know, I think it took us maybe a little bit longer. We're, you know, Jeff and I are maybe a little bit more risk adverse than say Tom Ripman was in San Francisco. But 
but you just realize that's what you got to do and you got to let go a little bit and then as you're seeing you know the successes and and how it's actually working then you're just like okay we can do this you know and and you learn as you go but we I also feel like we have been surrounded by a network of support and that's what I love about when you got junk is the, the transparency everything is shared you know everything about every franchise partner in terms of their numbers and so you can look and you can see you know okay there is a lot of lot more potential for our franchise when i see some of these other franchises and, and where they're going that's amazing favorite junk memory so you spent a ton of time in the trucks mm-hmm. i'm sure you must have come across some uh, crazy jobs crazy junk is there a memory that stands out or or, I mean, or just a or just a story that you know people would find interesting what's something you remember from your days in the field well i mean we've we've been through a number of boarding jobs and those were <laughs> those were always interesting you know a bit of a struggle because a lot of times with with the hoarding jobs you're dealing with someone who just cannot let go of their stuff for whatever reason and but i mean just some what a story that sticks out of my mind is is when we went into clean out a house and uh, it had been overrun by cats and oh. it was yeah there was about 60 cats living in the house and the owner um, had just spread kitty litter of all over everything, the counters and everything. And we had to go in with our masks and whatever and clean everything out. And it was the the wife of the man who she had actually passed away. And But he was so grateful for us that, that we went in. And it was just Jeff and I, this was back in the very beginning, but just how we had really made such a difference. And so I think, you know, all of my memories are what we did for the customers and, and how happy they were and the smiles on their faces when we said goodbye. And we talked about changing lives and, and giving people opportunities. And you've had a lot of, of amazing people. You mentioned one gentleman that's been with you for 10 years. I know you've, you, you took somebody in your business and helped give them an ownership opportunity in another business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about that story? Yes. And that's another, uh, Tony has been with us as well for almost 10 years and he started out on the jump trucks and he was one of our top uh, truck team members. Um, always had the numbers and it was hitting his metrics. And he actually approached us um, because we were hiring. We needed to hire somebody to manage our weekends. And uh, he came to us and said he was interested. And so he became our weekend ops manager. And then within a year, he was our operations manager. And then I think within a couple of years after that, he was our general manager for One Hundred Got Junk. And uh, it's quite funny because again, he was so committed to the brand that when we started our You Move Me franchise, and, and again, in the beginning, it was a struggle, just like any new businesses. And he wanted to uh, help us. And he said, can I, you know, help you guys take this on as well? And he ended up becoming our general manager of kind of overseeing both. We were still very involved, so, but he was kind of working in both businesses. And then we offered him an opportunity to partner with us. And so he is now a 30% partner in You Move Me. That's amazing. It's mm-hmm. got to make you feel proud, both you and Jeff, that you you take someone who starts in the trucks and then becomes an owner or a partner with you in one of your businesses. Yeah. And, and he's like family, you know. Yeah. You know, and I think it, it's always felt to me that, well, and I appreciate your transparency when you say you guys might have grown a little slower than others and you might have been a little more cautious. 
I think what you've done incredibly well, though, is said, we're going to do it right. While we're not as aggressive as the Tom Ritma, we're going to build a culture that is so strong and we're going to treat people like family. And I know that you really have a culture that any franchise in the system would look at as role model. Uh, the way you treat people and the care that you have for, for that community has been, uh, has been unreal. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Can you remember the time when you first came to the junction in Vancouver? Uh, yeah, that when I came for the interview and Jeff and I flew out to Vancouver for the interview. Um, and at the time uh, we met with, uh, what was his name? Wayne Maylett, I think he was your franchise development team, right? It was one and only. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I think the process is very different now. I think when we started our interviewing for it, we were, I think there was 13 franchises. So obviously it's a very different process now, but I remember being grilled. And, and so we went out for, I remember Wayne picking us up at the airport and taking us for breakfast and then heading to the junction. And we, we were interviewed by Cameron Harold, mm-hmm. Wayne, I believe you were in there at some point. I was. Um, I was. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I think, um, was it High Gloss? Was he there? Or was it someone? I don't know if he was there. Or Jesse. It was Jesse Corzan. Right. And I, I feel like it was the longest interview ever. And, you know, we walked out of there. And was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they, <laughs> if they liked us. I don't know if our responses were okay. But, but yeah, I think it wasn't long after that that you guys called and, and offered us the franchise. And based on us getting our visas, which we were able to do. So, Mm. Uh, but yeah, well, I, I remember. I remember the interview. I remember sitting with both of you, and I do remember. And, and Cameron Harold certainly had a reputation for being the guy that was grilling people. But it yeah. was one of those things where we always took it, and still do take it so seriously that if we're matching someone up with a business, we want to make sure it's not just right for us, but we're putting someone's livelihood at risk. We want to make sure it's right for them, and we always try to pick the right people. So it was something we we have always taken seriously now back in those days i remember at that time when you came to the office i can i can still picture sitting in this uh you know boardroom table with a a table that really didn't look like you could call it a boardroom table it was you know founded (laughs) junk and there we are interviewing you and i remember at the time we had an office space that the the carpet was ripped up and we hadn't finished the renovation that we'd started and I mean, what did you think when you came across the country to go to the head office of 1-800-GOT-JUNK to see the this business that was trying to grow, but still coming from fairly humble beginnings? It, that didn't bother me. That didn't, uh, because I think I knew when I met you guys, I just knew that, and I think that's another thing, that, that, that it was a point in time when I realized that this is something I want to be a part of. I felt like these these are very committed, people and I you know I felt like this I'm I'm going to learn a lot and I'm going to this is a team I want to be a part of and when you think where you were where we were back then and where we are today it it really is crazy but I don't remember at the time thinking oh yeah I don't know what I'm getting myself into I I remember when you came to check us out and I was thinking okay finally we've got a a woman who's interested in the junk business I mean we didn't have that many female franchise owners. And and I get it, I mean, it's junk removal and pickup trucks and it might not attract uh, the, the, the demographic that we wanted to widen things with, but it's interesting because, um, you know, there you were trying to talk Jeff into this business and this will be great. 
what was what was the real attraction when you when you boil it down and you go you could have picked any franchise you could have picked something completely different than junk removal why junk removal a few things i mean the people i just felt like i was around people that knew what they wanted they were determined you know you guys had this vision and i thought that was really important i also felt like you know my my brother was involved and i felt like he always had my back and it was it was going to be kind of a family thing i very quickly saw the potential of the business but once we signed on and you know we came to our first conference and that's when we knew okay we made we made a good decision here because these people are they do they they're your family and uh, you feel like you can reach out to them for anything everyone has had some sort of experience that they can share with you um, if you're going through something someone else has went through it too and and I don't think you get that anywhere in fact I've had other friends that have worked uh, in other franchise businesses that do not have nearly the amount of support whether it's from the the head office or corporate or whether it's from other franchise partners and there there's not a lot of transparency in other franchises and and so that's something that I think is is very unique to when I got junk and and something that is important and necessary and I think that's what makes it so special final question as we wrap up as we sort of get close on time here what are you most excited about over the next several years with 1-800-GOT-JUNK and your your businesses, your people? Oh, I think just continuing to uh, realize the, the potential and, and the opportunities. You know, I got off of our State of the Junk World call and like I always do, and I just get really excited because I think everybody is so engaged and everybody wants the same thing and we're all working towards the same goals and and i think everybody believes in 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 this company and in this brand and you know i think it's just it's it's so exciting to be a part of it and so i just think i can't even imagine where we're going to be i'm waiting for your your painted picture brian to know where we're going to be in <laughs> as a company i mean to know where we're going to be in five years you know it's just really exciting when you don't you know i, I think if you would have told me five years ago before I said I was going to double my, I, I would have thought, I don't know if that's possible. And then it happens and you're like, oh my God. And, and so once that happens, you're like, just a minute, we can do that. I know we can do it again. You know, so it's just, it's, it's really an exciting brand and company and family to be a part of, I have to say. Well, I am uh, honored to call you a friend and uh, to be a member of the, the, the 1-800-GOT-JUNK and the O2E Brands family and uh, look forward to seeing you and Jeff sometime soon because we always have a good time together. But uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Love your stories and hearing about that U-Haul and that trip across the country, I had no idea. So uh, from a ho- from a homeless to uh, creating an, em- an empire, you guys have done a fantastic job. So thank you very, very much. Thank you, Brian. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Brian Scudamore. I always love hearing founder stories. What resonated with you? I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Instagram or Facebook. I'll be back next week with another episode of Founder Stories. Mm-hmm.